0: Week one is almost completely behind us, after, once the Georgia Tech-Clemson game wraps up. Basically, it's behind us. because That game's always- over. But anyway, week one is coming gone, and there is a lot to talk about this week after a crazy week one, starting on Thursday night, <laughs> last night, at the late hours last night, and we're here to talk about it all. Welcome to another episode of Fourth and Wrong. I am your host, Tate. Alongside us, Nathan Dean, a.k.a. the Dean Machine, is back this week. Thank the you. Young and the Young Mitchell Graham. And Mr. Sweet cheeks himself, Jamie Cheek, bang, bang, bang. is here. And we are here to cover all of week one and preview week two of the college football season. And we are going to start out just like last year with our headlines. Mitchell, you're first. Take it away.
1: Well, thank you. Excited to be back. Um, my headline is, you thought it couldn't get any better? It can. I'm talking about UGA because I am legitimately like, what's the word? Wow. Convinced that this team might be better than last year. Hear me out. Defense didn't lose a step. Looked like they, they didn't have the kind of, they didn't wreak the kind of havoc that they did against Clemson week one last uh, last year when they had like seven or eight sacks but they were dogs. The linebackers look fast as ever. The secondary is young, but very talented. And then on offense, what we've been begging Kirby Smart to do for years, opening it up, he did exactly that from the start. Made sure his playmakers touched the ball. And that's all you can ask for. I think this team, if they keep it up, if they keep up the – Level on <laughs> offense, then they are going to be nasty. No one's going to touch them. If if, if Georgia is averaging forty points a game, then no one, no one's coming close because that defense is not allowing forty. And I think if that offense plays like that, I think they're better than. I think they're better than last year.
0: All right, ah, Georgia, Georgia looked really good on Saturday. Uh, I mean, what can you say? They looked really good. And Bowen and Four has become as a new term of <laughs> of UBA and the Bow Next rivalry. And now, thank you, Mitchell, for your headline. Yep, Jamie, take it away. So, my headline is: Are we? And
2: it's about Ohio State Notre Dame. Ohio State obviously won 21-10 over Notre Dame uh 10-7 deficit at halftime only seven points in the first half they scored one touchdown in the third quarter one touchdown in the fourth quarter and won what was kind of a, i mean it was a big win because it was a top five game it was the marquee game of the get of the day but they didn't win it in a way people expected them to win it cj stroud had a good game he was 24 34 233 and two touchdowns um but he wasn't electric. It wasn't a Heisman per kind of performance. And I think, um, you know, just in general, you come away from that game wondering, okay, is, is Ohio State not as good as we thought? Is Notre Dame better than we thought? When you have a big game like that and you have a, you expect a team to make a statement, like Mitchell was talking about Georgia. Georgia made a statement in week one. Not sure Ohio State made a statement. I don't, I don't doubt how good they can be, but I was a little unimpressed with the way that they played against a Notre Dame team that looked very limited on offense yeah. uh, and, and to only win that game 21-10 to 10 and to be trailing at halftime at home. Not, not as impressed as I expected to be from Ohio
0: State. Yeah, very underwhelming performance by the Buckeyes in week one. Um, I guess that's going to be one of those games I feel like time will tell as the season progresses. If maybe Notre Dame has a really good defense and they were able to contain Ohio State, or maybe Ohio State's just not as good as we thought they
1: were. Uh, I, this is one – I don't know if we're opening up dialogue on the headlines, but I, I was the, – there's something – just a comment. Like, this – the Notre Dame team feels as if – it feels kind of like a less Miles LSU team, where on defense they're going to stymie you from the start, but offensively they're going to be – they're going to be na- – like, they're not going to be good. So, like, that's kind of vibes I'm getting from Notre Dame. So, I think Jamie's – like, to answer – essentially a- answer Jamie's question is – both. I think Notre Dame's defense is good, but I think Ohio State's offense was about 30% of what they could have done. Well, and, and, and they, they lost in Jigba, which
2: is, yeah, no. I mean, yeah. obviously he, he's a good player, but the way that offense was being talked about was like LSU 2019 level. Yeah. yeah. They did not seem anywhere close to that. And, and in particular, C.J. Stroud just didn't really do it with his legs. And I thought that was kind of what was missing. And I know he's more of a thrower than a runner, but I think there were opportunities for him to scramble, and he just he never really did. So He
1: he limited his offensive opportunities by not running. I know he doesn't want to get hurt, but we saw Bryce Young run effectively and efficiently week one against Utah State in a way that C.J. Shroud, if he did that, they could have had a couple first downs, a couple more first downs in that game. But he, he stays in the pocket too much. I it's it's something like we see a lot of young players escape the pocket too early, but he stays in the pocket too long.
3: I think the bigger picture here is Strowman has given everyone kind of a blueprint on how you can beat Ohio State. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Even though they didn't come out and uh, finish the job, you have to look at it from a – this was an Ohio State team that was supposed to put up record numbers, and – really struggled to get moving there for the whole first half of the game, uh, kept Notre Dame in it. Um, I think it sort of now gives teams, whenever they go to look and prepare for Ohio State, we're going to check out this game film in particular yep. and see how we can keep this high-flying offense to minimal at most. They're right. going to play tougher offenses this year, and I think if you get on down the road against a uh, more high-scoring offense, Ohio State could be in trouble a little more often than they usually are
0: during the season. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I was going to say the same thing, Nate. I think, uh, yeah, a good offense could really make a game against Ohio State very competitive. Like Michigan. I mean, Go Michigan. Michigan I mean, they put up 51. You, you, I mean, yeah, you can take the Colorado State game for what it is for Michigan. But, yeah, they put up 51 points. Um, There's not a – right now, except I, – I really don't see an offense – but they tend to the decision at this point. <laughs> I mean, Penn State put up 35 on Purdue, but Clifford also made some boneheaded mistakes in that game. Clifford saw so, that. There's – I don't know. That, that's a – it's going to be one of those things as, as the season progresses. We'll really see what we're getting. But, yeah, Ohio State did not impress me uh, and I said, But I said that last year, too. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Speaking of Nate, Nate, what is your headline for?
3: One. Of so, the of the good. Good to be back this week. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, thanks for for holding the fort down for me last week. Um, my headline for this week is the swag is back at the U. Yeah.
1: Um,
3: I know that it was against Bethune Cookman, and you can take what you want. Week one, Mario Cristobal is the right man for that job to get Miami to where it once was. Uh, Tyler Van Dott going 13-16 to for 193 with two touchdowns. Jake Garcia going 8 freight with 107. A uh, couple of second-generation guys. Uh, Henry Parrish, Jr., 14 runs, rushes for 108. Three touchdowns averaging seven and a half a run. Thaddeus Franklin, Jr. went nine seventy two TDs averaging almost nine yards a carry. Um, this is a Miami team who seems to have that feel back about them. They're obviously capable of scoring. They, Crystal is the guy the boosters love there. The city loves him. He loves the city. He is the fit. Now, I know September 17th, they go to Texas A&M.
0: That's going to be a good game. I know
3: that's going to be a very difficult game. However, if Miami were to, to win that game, you could potentially seeing you could be seeing 8 0 Miami going against. Florida State if they're able to get by Clemson (laughs) later on the year. uh, That would be November 19th. Excuse me. No, that would be November 5th. So, you can potentially have two 8-0 teams battling out and what an old rivalry that is. Uh, And Miami, their their schedule is kind of backloaded. They can really get the ball rolling. If they get by Texas A&M, they really don't have anybody difficult until Florida State. And that's the 5th of November. Then they go to Georgia Tech, which we all know, man, eh, it's tech. Yeah. Um sorry to all my tech friends, but sure. it's tech. Um, then they're at Clemson and then they have to hit to end the year. Really, Texas A and M is is gonna be in the toughest game in my opinion for them. Um if they're able to score against a strong SEC style defense, which you know, Crystal was trying to build that at Oregon a little bit. Uh, This year may not be the year, but really that's going to take a big step in them regaining that swag and that confidence that they once had, which could possibly be saying that Miami's a playoff team in a couple, three years. Yeah.
0: I'm excited to see what Miami can do. Um, That game against A&M week three is going to be a really good one. I'm not sure if they've decided which television network's going to carry that game. But, um, I mean, I could see that being a Saturday night game think at Kyle Field and that game being electric. But, uh, but yeah, I've, I'm excited to see what Miami can do this year. Um, but did I hear you say that you think Florida State could be 8 0 by that game?
3: Florida State, uh, Florida State, their toughest game until then is going to be at Clemson in Death Valley. Um, we, and you know, this, this, by the time the show drops, you know, obviously we haven't seen a whole lot of Clemson yet. They're playing tech tonight as we're recording. Um, it's hard to tell, you know. Uh, is this going to be a Clemson team that bounces back with Venables gone? Uh, are they going to be as strong defensively? Uh, what is going to be their identity? You know, we know how the Dabo feels about the transfer portal. I, I feel like it's 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 possible uh, that Florida State could go in there and and def- well, I mean, essentially not. Clemson to the point where they can't pick the crown back up because they were kind of knocked off last year. Um, It's all about how they do this year, just to whether or not that they've been knocked off that throne or if they just stumbled.
0: Right. Yeah, that's – I mean, at this point, yeah, I know Florida State has, I think, three straight weeks where they go – I can't remember the order, but it's Clemson, Miami, North Carolina State. And so that's going to be a really interesting tell to see where Florida State's really at. But um, but I'm yeah, not a, uh, NC State. I, I was, I would not impressed with them. No, I wasn't either. Sadly, yeah, that was yeah. that was very that was a very uh, underwhelming performance. But, yeah. I mean, maybe you never know with those games. I mean, it, it's you never know. I it mean, is week one, though. It is yeah. week very one. True. And you're playing a team that take like everything with before. a grain of salt, and you go into. I mean, basically, this is the biggest high to – in forever. Um, and I think this is the highest ranking they've had. In I can't remember how many years they've Preseason gone. ranking, yes. Science yeah, preseason, pre-season ranking in, in several years. So, I mean, you'll see. We'll see down the road. But, um, but yeah, so far, NC State, well, I was not impressed with them on Saturday. But yeah. we'll see what happens as time goes on. Thank you, Nate, for your headline. Yep. My headline this week, pack your bag. We will se you later. <laughs> the SEC versus Pac-12 did not go the Pac-12's way this week. Yes, we had the Georgia-Oregon game, which not not a lot of surprises there. I think more the more surprise was just, um, the margin of victory for Georgia and a 46-point victory. <laughs> but that's not the game I want to talk about when it comes to the um, SEC versus the Pac-12. And I know – you guys, I don't want to talk about this too much because it, it involves a team y'all don't like. But let's talk about the Florida-Utah game on Saturday night. I mean – Great game. I mean, it was a great game. It was a really good game in the Swamp. And everyone, there was a lot of hype around Utah. I was one of them hyping them up. I'm still high on this Utah team. I'm not as high on them as I was after Saturday. But they go into the Swamp with a chance to make a statement. And, I mean –
1: my, right. my concern, and I'm just I'm still baffled to this day, or to, to, to like yeah that Cameron Rising threw that ball, right? There, there was even if the guy didn't slip, they're saying oh he slipped he slipped, bull crap. If he doesn't slip, you're throwing it in between two defenders. Right. I don't see a a world where you even one call that play, run right? The football, you had like 30 seconds, so even if you There's don't a score, right? right? They were, They're at close, the two. But... they were at the two-yard line. Oh, yeah. I mean, if anything, good grief. You have a chip shot field goal and you're forcing a throw. Rising can throw. can run. Run a little read option and you're going to be fine. I just don't the play call was an issue and then the decision making by Cameron Rising. He should have been picked off earlier on in that drive. Ventro Miller dropped the ball. He threw it right to him. So just that, that whole final drive fell off, but I really feel like Utah should have won that game. Oh yeah. With one play call, they ruined it. And they ruined the Pac-12 chances of making the playoff. Cuz even right. at 11 and 1 now, cuz I think Florida's still going to be an 8 and 4 team. We look at that as their loss. It's not going to be a it's not going to be a high profile loss. I don't right. think they Absolutely. get in. I
0: don't think they get in. I mean, Oregon, you can kind of I mean, Oregon lost to one of the king of the crops of the SEC.
1: You lose Did to you... anyone by 45 plus, I don't think you're in the playoff.
0: Right. No, no, no. I'm just saying but it's almost, for me, it's almost like Utah's loss was just as unforgivable because Florida's a middle-of-the-road SEC team right now. And, I mean, Utah's supposed to be the best team in the Pac-12. And I still think they probably are, but I think that goes to show the the gap right now between the SEC and the conference like the Pac-12 and possibly the ACC. Um, and, I mean, I know the NIL's going to end up helping that out down the road. But, yeah, that was – I mean, I was – I don't know. So was... Until the until the Pac-12 can close
3: off the West Coast to the East Coast recruiting, then the Pac-12 is never going to find themselves back to that elite level. You know, Oregon did it a couple times, fell flat on their face. Right. Um, any time that, you know, one of the Pac-12 teams seems to throw together a magical season, even whenever they do, they oftentimes need a little bit of extra help. Right. And the, the big thing there, of course, is going to be the recruiting. As long as you've got play, you, know, you got Ohio State and Notre Dame, Georgia, Alabama, um, all of these, you know, Texas, Oklahoma that are going out west and they're pulling these West Coast players, the Pac-12 can't keep their recruits on the West Coast. Right. And I think you're really seeing that and that's that's almost why, you know, your your quote unquote elite Pac twelve teams are maybe second tier if you put them in any other conference. Right.
1: I mean, you'll get into the twelve team playoff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, by default. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you will. You'll have team there. But yeah, I mean I was I was just really surprised. I did not have high expectations for Florida. I still don't have them extremely high. So, I mean, I think they went from a four and eighteen to possibly a seven five eight fourteen this year. Based, on, I mean, I, they they could go eight and four at this point and I wouldn't be surprised. But um, but Utah, I don't know. I mean, that was your chance to make a statement. That to me, it was very frustrating to see that. Uh, but anyway, I mean, it's good for the SEC at least. I mean, it makes it shows out. It shows the strength of the SEC today. Um, Should have
1: been fourteen and zero. frick LSU
0: yeah exactly but uh but that's that's a whole nother story for a whole other day um anyways guys great headlines this week Thank we you. could have gone in any direction and i think we definitely uh had some good headlines because there were many to choose from this week but i think we covered just about the best topic we could cover but anyways now i'm going to pass it over to nate as we will do week one dean list and academic probation so professor dean Ah, oh, good
3: day, T. Our inaugural 2022 Dean's List and Academic Probation. Uh, I am going to go ahead and I'll start. Um, my Dean's List for this week is going to be UNC quarterback Drake May, who is, granted, they gave up 40 in the fourth quarter to <laughs> Appalachian State. It did take Drake May, uh, you know, delivering them on down the field to, to stay in that game. He's two and zero on the year, fifty three of seventy three. That's seventy three percent. He's thrown six hundred and forty six yards through two games, nine total touchdowns to zero interceptions. Um, uh, had had a heck of a game against that same App State team, who again, you know, that fourth quarter in itself was just something completely out of whack there. Um, so, Drake May. Congratulations, you are on the 2022 Dean's List for Week 1. The
0: first edition.
3: The first edition. And I wasn't going to put anybody on probation, but then it just magically clicked with me. I'm going to put UNC's fourth quarter defense (laughs) on probation. (laughs) Uh, That's a lot of points in one quarter. That's a lot of points in one game. Um, You can't be having that, so – 40 points in one quarter is going to get you on probation every time. So UNC's fourth quarter defense. We're keeping an eye on you. You're on probation for this week.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
3: Let's go ahead and let's go to Jamie. Jamie, who you got on the Dean's list in probation this week?
2: All right, so for my Dean's list, I'm going to go with Anthony Richardson, who uh, I know we talked to Florida and Utah just a second ago, but Richardson, total yards, 274 all-purpose yards, three touchdowns. Um, He didn't have any passing touchdowns, but he had a a solid game passing. He had an excellent game running. Um, They could not stop him, especially he got to a place that we've seen Cam Newton get to in the past where you just can't stop him. If you do anything to stop him from running, he's going to throw it. If you try to take away the pass, he's just going to pull it down and run it. Um, Now, obviously, Utah's defense didn't really adapt well to that. I don't think Florida's going to be able to do that in some of the best defenses in the SEC. But uh, for one night, Anthony Richardson looked like he was as good as you can get in college football. So, uh, Dean's list for him. For probation, i got to be honest, Dean took uh, (laughs) – Uh, my uh, took my de- my probation so I'll do it this way let me put both NC State and UNC on probation necessarily for how they played but for getting who they are for the love of God why are you going on the road week one to play in your own state just stay at home make these fools come yes. play to you don't right. go to at App State at ECU and then barely hang on If do that win the game or just host them. So, you know, remember who you are. You don't have to go on the road week one in your own state. So, there's there, there's my uh, little audible there since Nate Looks like,
3: uh, yeah, my bad there. Looks like, <laughs> you know, inflation set the state of North Carolina a lot harder. Uh, <laughs> no. Can't afford to pay these guys to come in and take a pumping, which uh, they almost both got embarrassed. So, uh, no,
0: they,
2: got, they, they both, they almost both got beat. They both got embarrassed.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll give you that one. All right. Uh, Senor Mitchell, Dean's uh, list probation.
1: Uh, for my Dean's list, actually, I'm gonna start with my probation. For some reason, I just want to start because I am been I'm so ready to grill this guy. So ready to grill this guy. Spencer Rattler is on my probation. Yes, they won by three touchdowns. But Spencer Rattler, out of every quarterback in the SEC. That through a pass this weekend had the lowest QBR, a 29.3 QBR, had two interceptions against Georgia State. And he was supposed to be this guy that was coming in here and making South Carolina the third best team, second best team in the East. Nah, get out of here, man. Rattler's not there. <laughs> Rattler has no, he, he's sure he's talented, but his head, he's not a leader. And he's not ready to play with some lower level wide receivers because he couldn't get it done when he had five stars all around him at Oklahoma. So, for that reason, already Spencer Rattler, welcome to the Dean's or welcome to the probation again. I think you were on there last year.
3: Yes. So,
1: my Dean's list is Mr. Stetson Bennett. Nearly perfect game. In a, in, a, in a year where Georgia won where Georgia the national championship last year and Stetson Bennett was merely the guy who was that quarterback. No. This year, he looked different. He had zip on the ball. He was making perfect decisions. 368 yards through the air. He had three total touchdowns. He was making Manziel-like plays to score touchdowns. He juked out two first-round linebackers and walked into the end zone. It, Stetson Bennett looked like a man on a mission and a guy that wasn't—he was so loose and free and focused. Stetson Bennett is a dark horse Heisman candidate. I'm sorry, I'm saying it. If he puts up that kind of those kind of stats, even remotely close to those kind of stats every single week, we could see him in New York.
3: Wow. I would say. I would say. Uh, I would say uh, that's because all the raising canes there. Right. Uh, Can
2: I definitely. circle back and put a ACC on? Uh... We, we've already let the cat out of the bag that this we're recording during the middle of or the while the Clemson Tech game is on. on. The entire upper deck completely empty for this game. There's not a soul in the upper deck. You're right. I'm looking. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's. I mean, there is not a. There. They don't even have the. Uh, <laughs> you would at least think the Clemson fans would show up and fill up that upper upper deck. Literally, not a person in the upper deck. So anyways, those tickets sorry. you can
3: you can only get those tickets through Groupon. <laughs> well uh,
0: hey, like at Costco where they're having those deals for, like South Carolina. It could
3: have been, yeah. Uh, although, oh. although it would be nice if you could get tickets at Bucky's. <laughs>
0: there you go. Hey, you
3: need you you the Bucky's plug was coming. Sponsor yeah, <laughs> right.
0: Absolutely. Hey,
3: Dean's list. Probation. Right. Who you got
0: this week. My Dean's list this week goes. To Mr. Pokey Wilson, wide receiver at Florida State, seven catches for 102 yards, two touchdowns last night, and and uh, over Florida State's win over LSU in a chaotic game down in New Orleans. So congratulations, you're on the Dean's list. An academic probation. I was offense. What a horrendous performance in a game where you should have easily won by about 40 points. You scored seven points, none of them on offense. A field goal and two safeties were all the scoring points Iowa got on Saturday against South Dakota State. And, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. So, I, I wish they wouldn't have
1: kicked that field goal so they could have won yeah. four to three.
2: Well, think about it this way. The defense scored two safeties, got four points, outscored their own offense and South Dakota State. So – Hey. It was really four to three to three,
0: right? <laughs>
1: Iowa's defense on the
2: game. way to go. Iowa's defense—they yeah, should be yeah, on the games list. And our uh, our our Chip Ke- or our yeah our Brian Kelly reference—they should execute that offense immediately. Yes. Yeah, right, I
3: right. right. Sure. Was really bad. That, I, I, right. I, I, a, a little bit off topic, but um, you know, it, should that have been like a four to three score? Have you have you guys seen the NFL score, Gami? You, oh yes! If score you haven't Agami. looked it up at Scorigami, check it out. Um, I'd be curious to see how many four to three games there have been. There's, I don't think uh, there has been. I
1: don't think there has been. it's,
3: it's, it's very good. possible. So like the, the fact
0: that you yeah,
3: the fact that you have have a game that has you know two safeties in it, right there within itself, is kind of an impressive
0: feat. So well,
2: Kirk uh, Ferentz, Kirk Ferentz, the Iowa coach's son, runs the offense. He's he he's got to do something about that. It last year, their defense was so good and their offense was putrid. And if if that first game shows us anything, they have improved
3: zero in the right. offseason. season.
0: So,
2: so he needs
3: to have another kid. In other words,
2: he's got to do something. Yeah, yeah you mean, have another kid to get I, rid I, of. His.
3: Yeah, give not, a I mean, of get years, a couple years. I get rid
2: of his kid. Option, but- <laughs> 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 a three year old could uh, could probably run it off.
3: Yeah, that was that was horrendous. Y'all. I'll get to make play calls next week.
1: Your <laughs> better throw a better deep ball than Georgia Tech's quarterback. I mean, fact, Weston, <sighs> nice.
0: could, Weston could probably definitely get Iowa at least uh, fifteen or four. At least, yeah. yeah. Dan. So, <laughs> all right. Well, Professor will be
3: back next week. Hayden, I'm going to kick
0: it back your way. All for right. Next segment. <sighs> Thank you, Nate, for the dean's list an academic probation that will wrap it up for that and that will wrap it up for part 1 of fourth and wrong this week guys great show make sure you like this or uh, like wow subscribe to our youtube channel hit armchair that banner. like subscribe all the platforms that, listen 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 subscribe to the armchair banner youtube channel because at some point this year we could make a surprise appearance on game day if there is a game They get chaotic if we want to talk about it. Um, Yes. Listen to this on Spotify, Apple Podcast. Hopefully Spotify doesn't screw us up again this week. Yes, I'm calling you out, Spotify. I should have put you on probation. (laughs) Um, And give us a follow on our Facebook page. Follow us on TikTok, except Jamie, because Jamie refuses to get TikTok. I will continue to make friends every week until Jamie caves in to get a TikTok. He will. Anyways thank you guys for another great episode this has been part one of the week one coverage of Fourth and wrong everybody have a great night